0: Shall we begin? Let's begin
1: now. All right, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. Today, I had to get these fellas on. Uh, They are two of three of the hosts of the Cardiac Dogs podcast. I'd like to introduce everybody to Chef Boy Ortiz. And do what? How are we doing, gentlemen? What's good, man?
2: Oh, glad glad that. to be
1: on your show, dog. <laughs> so, listen, I had to bring you guys on because we um, have just wrapped up a season of the Cardiac Dogs Pack uh, podcast. And I wanted to, to, to talk to you guys and see uh, what was the inspiration behind this. Uh, do I for you? This was your baby, you cultivated this. This was in your, you know, in your pipeline for how, uh, I don't know how long. What was the process for you to try to get this thing off the ground?
2: So, um, ironically, my favorite player retired and then moved into uh, broadcasting himself, Joe Thomas. Uh did a little time with broadcasting school and then, you know, life happens. Bills got to get paid. I, I don't have time. You know, I had a, other responsibilities. But, um, ironically, so I started, like, the Facebook page, uh, like, two days after my birthday, like. Uh, 2019 and then it's just kind of went from there you know i'd post stuff like i'd reshare like uh, brown's articles or stuff like that and give my little um, sarcastic two cents and people seem to enjoy it and the more people i kept hearing other podcasts where i'm like man i know i could do this better than them i mean it's a little arrogant but hey i mean the stats have proven it but you know now we're here found you guys and as it, you know we've kind of hit the ground running
1: so, Chef, you're, you're one of the most uh, toxic and passionate Browns fans I've ever met in my life. Um, your passion for your team goes, I mean, you, you bleed, you know, the the orange of the Browns, the brown and orange, but it, it where does that come from, though? Where does that passion come from for the Browns? I mean, really,
0: it's just loyalty for my city, man. Like, you know, I'm born and raised in Cleveland, I, you know what I'm saying? And growing up, you know, I was, you know, I was here for, the, you know, I was born in the early 80s. I was born in 83, so I really didn't get to enjoy and live out, you know, the early 80s when the Browns were successful, but um, always been a fan of football. And, I mean, obviously, like I said, this is a city that I rep. When they left and came back, you know, when they left, I, w- I became an NFC fan, so I-, I jumped on the Rams bandwagon when it was the greatest show on turf. So, you know, I, I enjoyed good football. I know, I know. Hey, I didn't have a team, you know what I'm saying? What you going to do? So that that's kind of who I jumped to. But when they came back, man, and it was just like the excitement and just, you know, just the, the love and reverence I have for my city. I had to become a Browns fan again. And, you know, it just it kind of sticks like that, man. You know, I, I I never wavered, you know what I'm saying, even through the really bad seasons and stuff. You know, it's it's difficult to watch. It frustrates you. Don't get me wrong. It definitely wears you the hell out. But uh, but I'm always going
1: to rep, man. It's, it's Cleveland, man. Cleveland all day. So do you have a football mind, man. You're, I mean, the stats you can pull and just by watching the game, same thing with Chef Boy, but do especially for you, you just for some reason, you were a machine, man. You're your history and and you can watch one game and you know what what happened, like the second minute of the game, uh, what play it was and who called it and who ran it. How do you how does that stay fresh in your mind? Like, how do you manage to hold that kind of information?
2: All right, I'm going to need you to relax. My my big head won't fit on the screen if you keep talking to me. <laughs> so a lot of it, um, ironically, is just uh, growing up, I never got a chance really to play much. Like, I always wanted to play uh, football. Um, I, I tried dearly. And I realized, like, obviously I always had the size. I mean, you've met me in person. I'm not the biggest human being, but, I mean, I'm kind of close. But I, I realized, like, you know, talent, Really, only takes you so far. So I kind, of, I kind of just got in the habit of watching things too much. Mm-hmm. So I got like the film, the film side down again. I've made the joke about like the NFL Plus stuff on the podcast. Thankfully, like stuff like that, you can rewatch like condensed versions of the games. You know, like the uh, all twenty twos, and it just becomes fun because, especially watching other people in kind of our field breaking down other stuff, it it, it still is always a thing where I'm still learning, but it's fun to get to talk to other people. To watch them, kind of, uh, um, you know, to watch that their uh, knowledge of the game kind of expand a bit. So, I, I don't know if I'm, you know, Sean McVay or nothing, but you know, if <laughs> anybody wants to try, I'm, I'm, I'm open. I'll quit my day job.
1: And then, Shep, where you have uh, an obscene ability to break down a defense. Uh, like, is that was that your your thing growing up? Did you did you want to be a defensive coach? Where did that come from? Because when we talk and we talk defense, man, you break down plays like it's it's unbelievable.
0: Well, I mean, I, I played I played corner and secondary is kind of where you know I had high school and and I didn't you know I didn't have the size I was like do wop. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't get I couldn't play in the college level, but uh, no man, in my whole family, everybody's been you know I you, we've talked about my brothers and stuff and my father and you know we come from a household where defense was huge. I had a my younger brother played DB for the um, Arena League football teams. My brother Shaq, who's you know everybody knows Shaq Washington, man. He he was he was on the defensive side, but he was so good. You know he moved over to quarterback and wide receiver at University of Cincinnati. But no, man. I mean it's just I love film study. I love looking at tape. I love looking at plays and the way they design. And and like I said, my father always instilled like this aggressiveness in us when we when we play defense, coaching Pop Warner and stuff first play of the game he would just send everybody off sides first play no matter what every time sack the quarterback hit the quarterback and everybody be like what are you doing it's the first play everybody just jumps offside and hits the quarterback it's just to instill that aggressiveness and you know everybody knew it was coming so like every team we played they knew like man this first play the quarterback's like <laughs> you know he's about to get hit but yeah man defense is just I love defense I love the aggressiveness in it and, and just the strategy you know what I'm saying just being able to to stop somebody else doing what they want to do and trying to figure that out has always been something that I enjoy doing and stuff. So I, I take pride in that and try to study as much as I can.
1: So do I with, with this podcast, how did you know three voices were going to be what was needed for this podcast to take off and start being successful? Because um, from what I'm seeing right now, I mean, the followers on Facebook is over 5K. You're starting to build the audience on um, IG, Twitter. Uh, you're building a big audience on. How did you know that three voices were going to do
2: it for you? So the fun, the funniest way of uh, figuring that one out is normally it was me arguing with myself, and then it'd be like, you know, oh, I'd, I'd say something out loud, and I'd feel like part of me was always fighting with myself, and there was always a third person. No, but uh, uh, it just it just seems to fit, especially because I, we've all seen the uh, certain shows where there's you know you two big namers. And, you know, it it always seems like they're paid to argue. Like, regardless if, you know, morally they might agree, they always seem to be paid to argue. And I understand some things, some local radio shows, uh, they seem like they get paid just to agree for four or five hours at a time. You run a a smaller chance of that happening with three different personalities. Like, I'm a big offensive person. Uh, Chef is obviously a defensive guy. I mean, it doesn't matter that my my
0: side of the ball means more, but. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, like you said, having, you know, uh, an outside night, not that you're an outsider, you know, you were here in Cleveland, you know, the Cleveland town, you know, the city and, uh, you know, I think you, you know, kind of adapted, you know, you always adopt that city you live in's team kind of, even if it's not your like favorite team or whatever, but just to have like kind of a neutral voice who's not really like bought in as much as me and doo-wop are. You know, just somebody to kind of level the playing field, because we might have an opinion that's very homerish, as you would call it. You know, we might be sitting here looking at each other like, you know, we both feel like this year is going to be the year. And then you sitting back like, yeah, you guys out of your mind. <laughs> you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't going 500. And we'll be looking at each other like this guy's delusional. What is he talking about? And you'd be absolutely right, unfortunately, most of the time when it comes to the Browns. But yeah, it's always good to have that kind of outside not outsiders, but just a, a level minded, you know, voice in there that, that kind of te- that tempers the the homerism, I guess you would say.
1: Well, listen, you know, I'm a I, I was I lived in Cleveland for 20 plus years. I root for the Browns. But, you know, I'm a homer, but I'm a homer for my Giants. Um, So I, I get the perspective you guys are coming from. But that's why I like, you know, being a third voice on that show, because it gives you like I said, it gives you and I, I'm not going to sit there and agree with you guys. Just because you guys are great, I'm not going to say yes. If it's something that I find a value in, yes, I'm going to agree with you. But if not, then no, that just doesn't make any sense. I think the reason I think the audience is growing when it comes to that podcast is because it's authentic, man. We're not, you know, we're, we're not getting, we're not making money off of it right now. We're not getting paid to be yes men, you know, to agree with everything. And we just, we tell it like it is, but we do it in a respectful manner. You know, we're not talking about people's families and, you know, trying to hurt people and things of that nature. And I think a lot of these podcasters, they, you know, they will go a little, little, little bit too far sometimes when they're talking about these guys. Um, and I think it's one of those things where it's a good cohesive unit that we are right now. And it's I think it's just going to continue to grow. Now, up, let me ask you a question. You handle all the social media for the podcast. What has been the biggest pain point for you when it comes to that besides TikTok?
2: Um, I guess handling, so naturally I'm just not good at, it. like, all my personal accounts, I hate posts like Facebook, we post the most on, um, it has, you know, the biggest reach and all that. But from like my, I don't remember the last thing I posted that was like my own on Facebook. At least I don't like to share updates. I don't like people knowing my business like that. Now I'll post post the, uh, to my personal account, I'll reshare like any posts we share, stuff like that. Any, like any of my friends stuff that I'm like, all right, you know, I'm gonna show a little love and support. I'll reshare stuff like that. But I don't go on there, especially Twitter. Like I have my own Twitter. I don't even know how many followers and I ain't been on my own Twitter and I made one specifically. So I started to get back into the habit. I remember the last thing I honestly post. I don't want to be the person who goes out there and just has, you know, the stupid dumb takes. Like, like you said, we don't talk about people's family. We try to be honest about stuff, we try to be real. I'm not going to go out and attack. Like I might talk all the smack about our D tackles. I'm not going to talk about anybody's family or manhood or anything like that. That's I'm I'm definitely not trying to uh, build something on, like, uh, like the hot take fodder. Like everybody's got something dumb to say. It takes talent to be consistently good at what you do though. But uh, the hardest thing with social media is realizing like there's some dumb, that's where I, that's where I got my theory of like 90% of the people are stupid. Like 90% of Browns fans, I might love y'all. We, we all believe Brown owners, I understand. But some of y'all out of that 90%, 50% of y'all don't even care about the numbers or box score You just want a reason to drink and a reason to fight with somebody. The other, the other, you know, half of that 90%, y'all will just look at the box score. Y'all don't care about, oh, you know, did he actually look good? You don't watch the game. You'll just read the newspaper, you know, check the Google, you know, before you go to work Monday. So, you know, like, oh, you know, this person had, you know, uh, you know, Cooper had five catches, but you didn't watch them. You know, you didn't actually see, you know, did he beat man coverage here? You know, was he able to find a soft spot in the zone? Things like that, you know. They're just wanting to be drunk and wanting to fight with somebody, and I mean I'm all for it. But social media, people are nasty, bro. They like say the dumbest things, and it's a reminder that humanity doesn't didn't come very far. There's still some humane people out there, but some of y'all, ooh, y'all need Jesus.
1: <laughs> so, uh, what about you, Chef Boy? Are you big on the social media side? Are you going to start to get you know more open and out there since you are on the Cardiac Dogs podcast? Is it something that you want to expand on? Because you know, you want people to get to know you. Um is do you have any plans on expanding on what you do online?
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll share a post here and there and everything. But like I said, what my my whole thing is with social media, like a lot of, like you said, a lot of people on there just to hear themselves talk. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that type of person, so I don't really, you know, put my opinion out there unless it's something I'm really adamant about. Like you you see me, I'll put something on Facebook when I'm watching the game, and I'm just like. I can't hold it in. Like, I got to say this. I want people to know, like, that was the stupidest thing I ever seen. Or that play was, like, horrible. You know, that'll get it out of me. But for the most part, you know what I'm saying? Like, social media, it, that's not my I man. I'm a, I'm a live and in front person. You know what I'm saying? I like talking to people directly. Like, you know how the conversations were. You, you've you been around my family and stuff. I love having those face-to-face conversations and talking ball and talking shop. So when it comes to social media, like you said, I I try to, like, I mean, I, we need it obviously for what we're trying to do and what we're trying to build. So I'm gonna try to, you know, what I'm saying get involved as much as I can to, to to boost that up because obviously, you know, this is the the forum that we chose to try to do this in. So obviously, we gotta increase our following in in Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So I'm starting to get into it. Like I said, I was I'm a young old head. Like I, I'm I'm like that person. Like man, get off that Instagram, all that Facebook stuff, but. I'll get on there, you know what I'm saying, if I need to, but it's not definitely my my cup of tea. It's I I leave it to y'all techies to do all that kind of stuff.
2: I <laughs> so I think he's being a little openly modest because nobody knows he's like our official OnlyFans guy. He's always <laughs> on there you know, butt naked with stickers on him and stuff. But, that's
1: the
0: that's the next uh line that we're gonna have for the cardiac dogs, our only fans uh <laughs> page.
2: Yeah. The only so, dog
1: so listen what so do I? what is coming up for for the po- what is the future of the podcast what is coming up for the podcast because i know the season is over obviously you know uh you have exit interviews coming up people are going to be prepping for the draft so the you know what is it this year that we can expect from the, the cardiac dogs podcast
2: um expect the unexpected um so especially the off season uh we've talked privately about it like uh i don't know what i'm doing we i i can promise you two things here i'm going to do my best to network over this time especially outside of the season we'll still you know we're still going to cover uh any breaking news that comes up uh, i think coming up we'll have or no we just finished up our last episode for the season so the off season will be a lot of networking um trying to you know see if we can get maybe some new faces uh to to guest on the episode or you know to to help spread the word and also I like the idea of being able to help other quality content creators, especially for the Browns. You know, it's it's all community. Podcasting is all community. And uh, uh, the good people understand that. The only other thing I can promise is hey, we're going to throw some shit at the wall, see what sticks. And, hey, I don't care. I, I'm not a good, I'm not, a, I, I, I like to think I'm a good enough coach to think we're just going to go with what works. I don't need to be fancy, no tight end end rounds. I'm just going to, we're going to go with what works. Get, take what the defense gives. And we'll see what happens. We'll try a handful of stuff, though. I'm, I'm, I promise I'm trying to get back to stream, uh, actually streaming some stuff I, I was a part of. Not a part of. I listened to a pretty bigger Browns content creator do, like, uh, Twitter spaces earlier. I think that was pretty sweet. Um, actually, it was pretty dope. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be doing a lot of research. Ironically, I wasn't a great student until after I got out of school. As like, soon as I graduated, now that we're doing this, I, I've spent more time, you know, doing my homework than I ever have in my
1: life. So. so this this question is for the both of you. What do you think has been the rise in the f- uh, followership on uh, Facebook? I mean, over 5K followers. That's amazing. Like, how, how did you like where do you think that came from? Because this, there's a bunch of people out there that do Brown's content and they don't have nearly the the followers that you do. So uh, how did that man like how did that f- come to fruition what do you think has been the catalyst for for that uh, the question is for both Jeff, you
2: can go first Well I know man. I know what the secret sauce is I, I would say
0: obviously when I joined the show I think that was the no nah. <laughs> nah, I mean I think like I said I I watch a lot of I listen to a lot of podcasts I watch a lot of stuff and a lot of people kind of do similar thing it's more fact i mean not just fact based but you know here's statistical things here's kind of where they're at you know the transactional type stuff they really don't have too much like personality in it because it's kind of like a mix of a, a morning sports talk show or afternoon sports talk show and a podcast you know what i'm saying we try to give you know informational stuff we try to give you the facts and the stuff that everybody can just find on their own like you can go on ClevelandBrowns.com and see that they picked up a player or that they're trading this player, but you know, talking to us and listening to us talk about it, we give our opinions and kind of where we where we you know see see how we feel about these moves and things like that that's going on with the Browns. And I think we do it in a way that's you know I'm saying I like to think it's enjoyable. You know, we try to throw a little comedy in there and 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 have fun with it, but we know what we're talking about. I think that's really the main thing. It's just. If people didn't think we knew what we were talking about or didn't like what we said, then people wouldn't listen So or wouldn't follow. So I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, they they obviously think we know what we're talking about, so they they tune in and listen to it.
2: Uh, So the, the secret really, like I said, the OnlyFans, you can get a grown man like Chef put a bunch of stickers on the button. Anchor. No, but um, Facebook has been uh, awesome. A big thing about it that people uh, don't seem to remember is Facebook might be the older social media but if you look at especially like Browns fans, we don't do too well unless we've, unless the younger ones have been indoctrinated by the older types. A lot of the older types don't have like TikTok and you know the 40, 50 year old people, you know the, I've been a fan since 71 and I ain't seen it. They're not you know, they're they're still learning how to do Facebook they're not going to be on their no TikTok now there are some reasons to be on TikTok but them old men don't need to be on TikTok but That's the easiest one is, um, especially on Facebook, people feel, I mean, I like to think we've done a great job at building a community. I know I've, listen, I've said some takes on, on Facebook itself that got me a lot of backlash, but I've not been scared to do it. And other people, I think, take the lead of that. So, like, they'll say exactly how they feel. And I think we do a pretty good job. We have no moderator. And with that said, I'll probably need to get one or two. And, you know, I kind of gave that away. People want to test me now. But, like, when people go out there and um, just be inhumane with, like, the comments that make towards each other, all right, they're, they're, we're not going to play it. As simple as that. You can get blocked very easily. And, unfortunately, I did a fun thing of uh, if you're not a Browns fan, especially if you're AFC North person and you start trying to dog the Browns, I start taking screenshots and post them, and you know, letting the community kind of, you know, it, it's kind of like camaraderie. We get to get around the bonfire and burn your shit, kind of like we did LeBron back in the day.
1: I swear, Cleveland Browns fans are too much, man. It's too much.
2: <laughs> we're basically so, like, Bills fans. That's all, really. It is. Right. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think every community has their toxic fans, um, but uh, but they're all passionate about their teams. You got to be if you're in the sports. And it, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people who don't like sports but will still root for the Browns, you know what I mean? Because it's it, it's a hometown team, even though they're not watching them, they still want them to win because that kind of stuff brings money to the city. It brings jobs to the city. Look what LeBron did for the city while he was there. He created tons of jobs and brought millions of dollars to the city. If the Browns start winning, forget about it. The, the city's going to be rocking and rolling because Cleveland, uh, first and foremost, is a football town. It's not a baseball town. It is not a basketball town. It is a football town. And I think that won't change. You have... Cleveland Browns fans all over the world. There's backer bars everywhere. You'd be amazed in the cities that you wouldn't think have a Browns backer bar has a Brown where I'm at right now in North Carolina and Charlotte, there's a Browns backer bar here. There's a, there's a giants backer bar here. Trust me. If a team is passionate enough and you have somebody that follows, they will build a community within another community, which is absolutely bonkers to me.
2: So especially like social media, we've uh, become kind of fans or friends. We've become friendly with, there's a German, Browns German one all the way out. I don't remember the city. I will not disrespect <laughs> it by, you know, mis mispronouncing or getting the wrong city, but there's a German Browns back and We're I've come pretty friendly with the Australian dude, the Browns down under. I do believe they're called. If I said that wrong, you know, I'll try better next time. But I believe in my heart of hearts is like Browns down under. I've got, there's a couple in the UK. It's crazy. It, it's ridiculous.
1: But that's that's the kind of impassioned... A fan base that creates opportunities like this one because there's there's a ton of, of podcasts out there dedicated to the browns but not a lot of them last because content is hard it's it's one of the hardest things you can do and we I mean we've seen that firsthand we've been on other podcasts before we know how it goes some podcasts that we've liked are gone because content is not an easy thing to do you have to stay consistent and I think as long as uh this podcast my podcast as well you're you know in the the cardiac dogs podcast stay consistent I think we'll be around and we'll, we'll continue to build that that fan base that needs to get uh, uh built so before we jump off gentlemen let everybody know where they can find you on social media if they want to get a hold of you
0: I mean so- I'm just under the I mean you I'm I'm on Facebook but I don't really I don't really use that for the the cardiac dogs I have a a Twitter Chef Boy Ortiz uh, is the Twitter handle under the Cardiac Dogs flag, and then um, yeah, that's it, man. I, mean, I told you I don't do too much social media. <laughs>
1: that's
2: all I got on social media. <laughs> and do so, I? Thankfully, uh, thanks to thank you or thanks to the um, uniqueness of the name, which a lot of people don't seem to understand. I, I get a lot of questions, unfortunately, by not Browns fans. Like, why that name? Because it worked. First of all, if you Google it, a lot of our stuff comes up first page on Google. That's just how it works. But most of it, um, Twitter, I believe, is Cardiac Dogs Pod. Uh, Facebook is a it's a Facebook page. I had to search. It's Cardiac Dogs Podcast. Instagram, Cardiac Dogs Podcast. TikTok, same thing. It's just what it, if I can get the name on there, it will be that because it has been a staple of everything we do. And I think as soon as Browns fans hear it, they know exactly what it's about. And we got, one, we, we got one of the best logos. I'll, oh, I'll yeah, yeah. be honest; we have, if not the best logo. So, <laughs> listen where where
1: can the uh, where can we listen to the Cardiac Dogs podcast?
2: Yeah, if you want to catch, uh, you know, our episodes or go back and you know rewatch, tell us how bad we did last season. Uh, thankfully, we were hosted through Buzzsprout, so it's just about any directory you can think of. I think that's how it works. At least that's how we were promised. I've checked it a handful of times, and, you know, we're on just about Apple, uh, Pandora, iHeart, all that. At least that's the work I've done with them personally, so we should be there. If not, please let me know, and uh, I'll be sure to, like, cuss at some customer service people. All
1: right, gentlemen, listen, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm glad I got to get you on so people can understand the passion behind the fandom uh, that a lot of people just don't get. Uh, You know, fans can be passionate, and fans can be cruel, and it's just... Is one of those things where we have to find a happy balance. And I think with the cardiac dogs, there is a a balance to that. So uh, I'm going to leave you with what I always do. If no matter what anybody says to you, if you found your purpose, live it. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Have a good night.